0: This episode of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast is sponsored in part by Law Enforcement Labor Services in Minnesota.
1: Law Enforcement Labor Services, also known as LELS, is Minnesota's largest public safety labor union, with over 7,000 Minnesota public safety members serving in all areas of public safety law enforcement, 911 dispatch centers, corrections, public safety administrative support personnel, and firefighters. Established in 1977, LELS serves over 260 different public safety agencies and over 450 locals across the state of Minnesota. With their administration, general counsel, three staff attorneys, and 14 business agents, LALS provides contract negotiations for better wages and benefits, grievance processing and representation, discipline representation, mediation and arbitration, assistance with representation for post board hearings, and in-line of duty death benefits for survivor families. Find out more about law enforcement labor services at LELS.org. LELS.org.
0: Episodes of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast may contain strong language and violent content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm Sheriff Scott Rose from Minnesota, and I'm your host for today's new episode of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. In each episode of the Officer Down Memorial Podcast, we'll share the details and the stories of how these men and women heroically lost their lives in the line of duty. Our mission is to help ensure their service and sacrifice is never forgotten. Thanks for spending some time with me today to remember and honor these fallen heroes. Barack Obama was sworn in as the 44th President of the United States. And our nation's first African-American president. I stand here today humbled by the task before us. Grateful for the trust you've bestowed. Mindful of the sacrifices borne by our ancestors. Analog television broadcasts end in the United States as the Federal Communications Commission requires all full-power TV stations to send their signals The nationwide transition to digital TV begins tomorrow. What does that mean for you? Here's CBS News Science and Technology correspondent Daniel Seberg. Good morning. Good morning, Harry. The countdown is on. For, For real this time. The country was stunned when pop music icon Michael Jackson died of a prescription drug overdose. At his home in Los Angeles, California.
0: Breaking news. Multiple media outlets are now reporting that pop singer Michael Jackson has died. Jackson was not breathing when paramedics arrived at his home after a 911 call. We are watching for any new developments on this breaking news. We will bring them to you as soon as we learn them.
1: The year was 2009. A southeast Minnesota county of just over 46,000 people, Goodhue County was named after James Madison Goodhue, who published the first newspaper in the county called the Minnesota Pioneer. The Mississippi River borders the county to the east, and the county terrain consists of rolling hills etched with drainages and gullies and high bluffs against the river valleys. The county has 757 square miles of land and 24 square miles of water. It was March 10th, 2009, a typical spring day in Minnesota. Temperatures were in the upper 30s, and the Weather Service was forecasting a snowstorm for the next couple of days affecting central and northern Minnesota. Although Goodhue County was likely not to see much more than possibly some rain over the next few days. The Goodhue County Sheriff's Office was located in the government center in the city of Red Wing, Minnesota, which is the county seat. P.S. Fish was the first appointed sheriff of Goodhue County back in 1849. In 2009, Goodhue County's 13th elected sheriff was Sheriff Dean Albers. Scott McNerlin, who retired as Goodhue County's 14th sheriff in 2018, was Sheriff Albers' chief deputy. And he describes the Sheriff's Office back then.
2: We had approximately 110 full-time employees, along with uh, probably 200 or so volunteers that worked in varying capacities for the Sheriff's Office. Uh, We had 40 sworn deputies that uh, encompassed our patrol division investigations, administration, uh, four seasons, uh, things of that nature. And then we had about 50 uh, correctional staff Uh, that worked in our jail and our jail was a 170 bed total bed facility with 153 uh, daily population Um, so you know for our size of a county it was a a fairly good size organization
1: thomas patrick carroll thomas grew up in st paul minnesota and served in the u.s navy after high school and then moved to goodhue county There, he worked at the Treasure Island Casino for a while before being hired at the Goodhue County Sheriff's Office back in 2000. Thomas was hired as a detention deputy in the Goodhue County Adult Detention Center, also referred to as the ADC. (music) Sheriff McNerlin said he remembers Tom as being someone who really did a great job in the ADC, that He was someone that had the ability to really, really relate to people.
2: Tom was a good employee. He was a hard worker, uh, very dedicated um, to, you know, his crew and to to what he did. He was also a union steward, and he took that job very seriously. Um, In all the years that I worked uh, in administration, I, I would have to say Tom was probably one of the best union stewards that I ever had the opportunity to work with. Um, he was very conscientious about what went on within the adult detention center and he always seemed to stay ahead of a lot of the issues that would come up with employees and with um, you know, any labor-related issue. Uh, but he also had the ability to kind of balance the big picture of not only the Sheriff's Office itself but even the county when it came to dealing with uh, issues of, of uh, employee-related things or even uh, when it came time to do um, negotiations for wage and such, Uh, he was really unique in that way.
1: It was training day at the Goodhue County ADC. Today, detention staff was getting certified on CPR training or cardiopulmonary resuscitation training. It was almost one o'clock in the afternoon and the training was being conducted in the third floor training room of the Goodhue County Law Enforcement Center on West Sixth Street in Red Wing. To help control costs, many smaller agencies like Goodhue County do a lot of internal training. Oftentimes, agencies will send officers who have an interest in certain topics. They may have a certain area of expertise. So the agency will send them to a train-the-trainer session to certify them to train fellow staff members in their agency. Oftentimes, county agencies will provide training to other first responder agencies within their county. Their staff had been going over cpr training and other medical training now sometimes training sessions like this are first-time trainings for new younger staff but for most of the veteran officers it was a refresher course in the adc at goodhue county the correction staff like tom carroll were the first ones on scene in the event a detainee had a medical emergency The training also gives staff the ability to respond and assist if they have a fellow staff member that has a medical emergency. At one point during this training, Thomas Carroll fell to the floor and started seizing. He was not responsive, and he was not breathing. This was CPR class, and it appeared Thomas was having a heart attack. Co-workers called for medical, and they started working on Thomas.
0: I was at the law enforcement center, and dispatch gave out a call that there was a medical incident up in the third floor training room. Um, They said a male party was having a seizure, and that uh, they had contacted the ambulance, which is just a few blocks away here, the ambulance garage, is, and that they were going to be responding up there. So being in the building already, I ran upstairs to see if I could help, and when I got there, I was informed that... I, I saw Tom was laying on the ground, and he was unresponsive, and there was two parties that were starting CPR. Red
1: Wing Police Officer Travis Bray responded to the third floor to find Jim Kelly and Dennis Wepner performing CPR on Thomas.
0: Sergeant Jim Kelly was next to Tom, and then Dennis Weppner who was in charge of the class, was actually the instructor. Uh, they were performing CPR on him. They already had an AED up there. I had grabbed one and brought it up um, right away, but Dennis already had one there, so they already had it connected to Tom. And uh, Dennis said that he needed suction, which we carry in our medical bags. I didn't have my medical bag with me since I was already in the LEC. Uh, they're in our patrol cars, but the ambulance had arrived on scene, which would be towards the front-end building, so I ran out there and told them, um, you know, that they needed suction, and that CPR was in progress, and the medics then came upstairs with me and they kind of took over
1: the scene. Rescue efforts continued with the arrival of Red Wing Fire Department paramedics. Around a half hour after CPR was started, Thomas was transported by ambulance to the Fairview Red Wing Medical Center. In spite of all the efforts by his friends, his co-workers, and the medical staff to save him, shortly after he arrived at the hospital, he was pronounced dead. Law enforcement. It's a brotherhood. Your agency becomes your family. And while law enforcement deals with tragedies and people in crisis every day, it's different when it's your coworker, when it's your friend that you're trying to save.
0: With most workplaces, people are pretty close. Friends and coworkers and a lot of the gals were crying, and and um, yeah, so there was a lot of emotion.
2: No one obviously anticipates or expects something like that to happen to your coworkers. You know, we we oftentimes are involved in those situations um, in the community with people all the time, but we're sometimes not mentally prepared to have it happen to somebody that you're working with. So, you know, there's some irony in the sense that he was uh, actually doing uh, CPR training, and then when. Uh, he had the medical emergency, the actual instructors took over and and began to actually try to resuscitate Tom. And I think that was, that had somewhat of an adverse effect on staff seeing that. You know, we sometimes don't look at training deaths or, or, you know, the guy that that ends up responding to a a difficult call and then has a heart attack on the way back to the office, you know, those are equally as
0: tragic, you know.
1: Thomas Carroll's funeral was held at the united lutheran church on monday march 16th honorary pallbearers which in most cases would be family were actually the entire adult detention center staff a private family internment was held later at his burial at fort snelling national cemetery in minneapolis Fort Snelling Cemetery was established in 1870 to serve as a burial ground for the soldiers who died while stationed at the post. Following World War I, as new legislation expanded the eligibility requirements for burial in a national cemetery, the Fort Snelling National Cemetery was established in Minneapolis by the International Airport. Fort Snelling is one of a dozen or so very large cemeteries conceived between World War I and World War II to serve large veteran populations in some larger cities across the U.S. There are 680 soldiers who served there from 1820 to 1939 who are also buried there. This National Cemetery, administered by the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, covers nearly 450 acres of land and remains the final resting place for over 180,000 servicemen and women, including Thomas Carroll. Studies show that law enforcement officers live an average of 15 years less than the average American nearly 50 percent of officers will die from heart disease within five years of retirement while cardiovascular disease can certainly be genetic being in law enforcement careers like corrections officers are challenged with diet exercise lack of sleep etc primarily due to shift work and overnight work there are also a number of studies being conducted now on the correlation between cumulative stress and law enforcement contributing to this disease. When a crisis like this happens in an agency and you lose one of your own, it makes everyone reflect. Regardless if they died from a gunshot wound or a medical emergency, coworkers reevaluate and reflect on their own lives, and in this case, on their own health and well
2: being. You know, it certainly made people take pause and reflect on themselves. Uh, I think that was a pretty common thread in the following days.
1: Sheriff Dean Albers told the local media that Thomas left an indelible impression on those who knew him. Thomas was said to have had a larger-than-life presence wherever he went, and he touched many people's lives. He loved everything about life and lived it to the fullest every day. He had three dogs that he loved dearly at home and he loved cooking and he loved gardening. Thomas also was known for playing Santa Claus at parties which he really enjoyed and he always put smiles on everyone's faces.
2: He was just a a well-liked and well-revered individual uh, in the community. So.
1: Thomas Carroll was 51 years old and had served the Goodhue County Adult Detention Center for nine years. He was survived by his wife Diane and her son Christopher. For fallen law enforcement officers surviving families, like the family of Thomas Carroll, their sacrifice never really ends. It's important for us as a society to always honor all fallen officers for their service to our communities and to recognize their families for their sacrifice. For fallen law enforcement officer's families like the family of Thomas Carroll, their sacrifice never ends. It's important for us as a society to always honor all fallen officers for their service to our communities and to recognize their families for their sacrifice as well. We need to be there to support the families of the fallen, always. We need to make sure they know the appreciation we have for them, that we will always be there for them. Thomas Carroll is recognized each year during Police Week at the State Memorial Program in St. Paul by the Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial Association and in Southeast Minnesota each year by the Law Enforcement Memorial Foundation of Southeast Minnesota. The Foundation is currently raising funds to build the first Southeast Minnesota Law Enforcement Memorial in Rochester to honor and remember this fallen hero and over 30 other fallen heroes in Southeast Minnesota. If you're interested in supporting the Goodhue County Sheriff's Office and you'd like to donate to the construction and maintenance of this new memorial, you can find out more information on the Foundation's website at www.lawenforcementmemorial.org. Thank you for spending the time to listen, learn about, and honor the memory of this fallen hero. Make sure you take the time to thank your local law enforcement for their service and their sacrifice. And don't forget to thank their families too. They also sacrifice so much for our safety. It's up to us to help ensure the sacrifices made by these fallen heroes and by their families are never forgotten. So please share this podcast with family and friends. Until next time, this is the Officer Down Memorial Podcast. I'm Scott Rose. Thanks for listening.